Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, adding features and software complexity over time. All right, so um, one topic that's been on the list for a little while now um, was actually a topic that was recommended by uh, listener Ricardo. Um, Ricardo. And basically, the the topic is about kind of this this idea around adding features to your product. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of in relation to a long thread that I'm not really going to read uh, from uh, uh, Steven Snofsky, which was the guy behind... The whole Metro stuff at Microsoft and is now part of A16Z, Andreessen Horowitz, basically. Um, yep. So, yeah, basically, um, I, I feel like the, the question there is like, is, I think there is often a friction between <laughs> what you want as a company or a designer, uh, which is very often simplicity uh and what your users want which is very often more features and so the the question then becomes how do you reconcile both of these things how do you know when adding a feature is the right thing and when do you know that it isn't and that simplicity is actually more important so what do you think rafa um to also, to, to kind of sum up that thread, uh, Stephen used used Twitter as an example, in where like basically once you reached uh, like m- once you got to your market and your product is like done in a way, like a lot of hand quotes here, uh, like what do you do? Um, you can just ask, like listen to your user base and try to add features that your users want, but mostly all of those suggestions are like small stakes small things right they can't really shift how your product feels and works and whatever um you can also like change the direction of product and add a lot of new features but then you're going to kill simplicity and going to kill like you're going to you're going to expand the surface area of your product and then all of a sudden you are more than you used to be and that can be a good thing or a bad thing or you can just do nothing and then wait for competitors to take advantage of that and kind of like fill those <laughs> gaps that you're not you know filling um so steven used the uh, twitter as an example of a product that is not changing a lot and a lot of people are like just add a edit button or like just you know get rid of nazis also please do um but you know like there's a lot of obvious things but twitter is such a big edit product tweet. that <laughs> yeah like it's it's really hard as a designer, but I feel like this is not the designer's responsibility to come up with these features. It's like the company in itself. Um, another example of a product that decided to go on the like the opposite path is Facebook Messenger, in where users are like, please keep this simple. Please keep this just what it was. Don't touch it. And Facebook <laughs> is like, no, stories. No, like all of the features stickers and all the stuff what about Um, ads in your feeds i bet you'd like that (laughs) that'd be cool right uh so i (laughs) 
Like this is really tough, and like I mentioned, I don't feel like this is the designer's responsibility per se. Um, I feel like the designers have a lot of say, like have opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned, usually designers, I feel like as a group of people, we tend to prefer a minimalistic and a simplistic approach. I feel like um, because you know usually, and we briefly touched on this with when one episode 83 uh, with joel i think uh, or 82 whatever um in where you know this, the company needs this metrics the company usually decides the leadership in a company decides where they want to go not just like designers you know i want this to be pretty and simple and clean like that's not the goal here that's not what we're trying to solve um so we can talk about that we could also talk about something that uh i have more experience in and i actually want to talk to you about this specifically in in your with your experience at shopify um like how do you design for future complexity like how do you design something like a like a a feature a user interface a page in where like you know what what are the problems you're trying to solve but and i Correct me if I'm wrong, or, or tell me if, if this is not this doesn't happen with you. But a lot of times, and especially because I am working at a company where it's still very young, and I know that we're going to grow a lot. Like I, I can see like a lot of stuff. We're not like we didn't reach like the product maturity of like Twitter, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I, when I am designing a, a specific feature or like UI, I always take into account that we are probably going to add stuff to this <laughs> soon-ish, right? Like you have to take into account the future and like the unknowns and kind of design around that as well. Um, That was a lot. I don't know. Where do you you want to start? Yeah. I mean, um, like your second point is like a very interesting point and I'd love to talk about it. Um, But like for now, maybe let's start with the first one. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Um, So, okay. So (laughs) complexity, right? or like adding new features, uh, which honestly like could are effectively like interchangeable. Um, that's a tricky one because um, like obviously all your users are like are gonna have their own things that they care about that they want you to add. Um, and in an ideal scenario, everyone would ask for the same things. And if they do, then I feel like that's sort of an easy answer right because <laughs> in that world like everyone asks for the same three features and it's like okay if say say i were to do that like would you be happy with it and everyone's like yep yep i'm like that'd be perfect for me if you added these three features and you're like cool done <laughs> and then that's it right problem solved but pro- the problem is that nobody's like that like <laughs> people in the real world are complex and have different needs and so the thing is there it's like if I add this feature, will you be happy? I was like, yeah, first person, yes. And then you go ask the second person. It's like, no, I want this. <laughs> you ask the, the third person, they're like, no, I don't want any of these two features. I want this other feature. And it's like, okay, like all these people have so many different features that they want that don't even overlap all the time. And, and of course, like there are going to be times where there's a majority of people who like want certain features and that's sort of how you do basic prioritization, right? Like you look at 
the importance of adding a feature and then how many people want that feature. <laughs> and then you're like, well, most people want this and this is what would have the most impact. Therefore, this is probably what we should do. Um, but there's still a problem there. Um, and, and that is the fact that any single feature that you add um, that doesn't necessarily like address a global use case means that you're effectively making the product a little bit worse for everyone else. Um, so that's, I find like always a trade-off that you have to keep in mind that say I add this feature that is good for a niche set of users. That means that all of my other users who don't care about this now have in some way, shape or form to understand and handle that complexity. And in an ideal world, what you do is you try to keep that complexity like locked behind a door <laughs> if, they, if they don't need it as a user. Um, so, so an example of that, like um, a big thing that, that we added to Shopify what, uh, a couple of years ago was channels. So uh, from the beginning, Shopify used to be a platform that allowed you to build an online store. Uh, and that was just a website and you can have pages, you can have blog posts and stuff like that. You can host your products and that's fine. Uh, and that was all Shopify was. Um, I'm maybe oversimplifying it, but uh, bear with me with this. Um, and a couple of years ago, we we're looking at like seeing the trends and looking at where commerce was going. Um, and we saw a need to add more channels other than online store because in certain ways, like people don't necessarily just buy on websites anymore. Uh, people spend a lot of their times on Twitter, spend a lot of times on time on Facebook, um, like even Amazon, you know. Um, and so we saw a need to create something that uh, would allow people to like manage all their products through Shopify, but then post to all these channels. And as you might think, like that adds an incredible amount of complexity to your platform. Uh, and so the the approach we could have taken is basically like make it so that when you add a product, it would like have all of your channels like right in the product page in the um, not the product page, but the the ad product kind of area. Uh, and then you'd have to manage all of this all in one place. Um, but then that means that for any single user who doesn't really care about this, um, they have to like deal with it and understand these channels. So what we actually did was isolated some of the channels so that like each channel has its own place where you manage it um, in the sidebar so that if you don't care about that, that's effective. That whole section is effectively hidden. Um, but if you do need it, then it's easy to access. So anyways, that was a long example. but. Um, I think that's probably like something you want to try to do to mitigate complexity is like try to find ways to compartmentalize your app so that uh, or your service or your design or whatever so that that additional complexity can be hidden if you don't need to be exposed to it. Um, and because basically at the end of the day, I think for users like users always say that they want features and they're never going to go to you and say i want simplicity like nobody will ever say that um well 
But, but I read a lot of feature requests <laughs> um, and and uh, comments in the forums and stuff like that. Like, it's very rare that people say, "I want this interface or this action to be more simple." Um, people are, always want to add more options, uh, but <laughs> when they switch from one app or one service to another they'll very often switch to something because it's easy to use and because it's simple <laughs> so basically like interesting yeah I, I, I think it's like a, a subconscious thing that simple things like just tend to work better <laughs> so you want like the ideal piece of software for anyone ever is something that's um that's just as complex as I need it to be, but no more. <laughs> so it basically needs to have all the features I need and none of the features I don't. Um, and so theoretically, like that's what you should strive for. And sometimes that means saying no to your users <laughs> and not adding these features that aren't going to add like much to your platform um but basically you have to understand that adding a feature isn't just like an addit uh an addition to your your tool or your design it's it also takes something away which is simplicity which is important to how your users interact and use your product so it's a it's a tricky one like there's no like one size fits all answer but um that's that's why designers are here and that's why we have product managers who can sort <laughs> of di dive into these questions and look at the effort versus reward and kind of the downside of just having that feature being around um because like we we we're not really going to get into that but another thing to think about is more features means more code to support and that also adds a big burden on you as a company and as a team and the the more of these exceptions and the more of these like edge cases that you have to support, the longer it's going to take for you to build and add new features later on. So, like, yeah. honestly, you should really choose wisely, <laughs> like what what you want to add. Um, and also, that's why you got companies uh, doing a big redesign and like uh, design systems and like Polaris or something because they, you know, they felt the need to like rethink the whole thing again like you start building on top on top until you hit a, a tipping point right <laughs> it's more complicated than that but uh i i get your point yes hey hey let me just take a quick break to let you know about our sponsor this week and our sponsor is envision or more specifically, InVision Studio, the world's most advanced screen design tool. So a lot of you already know InVision, the company. They've been building uh, tools for designers um, for a long time now, and they are building Studio, the most powerful screen design tool uh, that wants to bring together design, prototyping, animation, collaboration, all into one tool. Because nowadays, and we've been talking a lot about this, you know, there's a lot of small tools to complete different tasks and we are using a lot of different stuff. And so InVision wants to solve that by having everything uh, in the same 
tool and working seamlessly with each other, right? So with a seamless connection to the Envision platform, uh, it's easy to take your ideas and turn them into great products with just one workflow. So if you already use Envision uh, at your company, this is even better now because you don't have to uh, maybe use Photoshop or maybe use Sketch um, and you use Envision for commenting and all. Now you don't have to do that. You can just use Studio. If you don't use Envision in your company, uh, this is the best place to start and having this big powerful toolbox that solves all your needs. Like I mentioned before, Envision, they've been building stuff for designers since forever now uh, they know what they're doing so when they started building studio they worked very closely with the world's best design teams um and they've been taking cues for a long time now uh you know listening to designers uh try to understand what are uh their problems what are their frustrations and uh, how can envision help so if this sounds good to you if this sounds appealing if this sounds interesting and you want to know more Uh, you should go to envisionapp.com slash studio. We're going to provide links in the show notes. You can also just click there. Um, great reason for you to visit that website. Uh, well, one is that it's a cool website. <laughs> Check that out. If you haven't seen it before, give it a look because it's amazing. Uh, and also, they are uh, giving early access to some people uh, starting this month in January. So if you're curious, you want to know more, go to, once again, envisionapp.com dot com slash studio to know more and our thanks to envision for sponsoring Leia. okay back to the show but so do you and taking those examples that you use uh, do you play uh like a part in that or do you feel like those decisions of adding complexity adding features um, are those made by designers? Is that you and your team decide wh what kind of features are going to ship? Is that just overall mm -hmm. leadership? Is that a PM? Like so I didn't work on that feature specifically. Like I picked that because that's an easy example to give. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall, like designers should be as involved as possible into as many decisions. Um, I like, honestly, I think that's, I can't speak for like the entire company, but that's just my sort of philosophy as a person like i really believe in this sort of like integration <laughs> um so in my opinion like the more you have a core set of people that are involved into every single part whether that's design development uh like research product the better that is like i want that team like that core team to really be able to influence each other in, no matter what discipline it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that. Like, designers should be part of these decisions. No, of and... course. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing if we should or not. <laughs> uh, and I feel like we both have the privilege of being in, at a company where we can do that. Um, but I feel like a lot of time, designers don't have that luxury. It's not a luxury. Don't have that privilege, you know, to, to have a voice. Yeah. There. Like if you're just like an IC or whatever, and you're just a PM, just dumps work on you, you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like technically shouldn't happen for, for us at Shopify. Like we try really hard to make that not happen. Um, I like, honestly, I, if you're in that situation, I'd say like fight the good fight. Like I've, I've been in those situations and like, you don't always win. And, and we had a, an, an episode on that on like when you disagree with 
like other team members or like your yeah. CEO even. Um, but like, I still think that's, it's your responsibility to be like, at least give your two cents, give your opinion and like try to bring in your expertise into making those decisions. I think designers are actually in a really good position um, to be able to make smart decisions here because we have like a clear incentive to make things simple. Um, but it's also easy to just say yes and add that like flashy new feature. Um, even if it doesn't necessarily mean much for most of our users, I don't know. I don't know what to say here, really. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go rogue here for a second. Uh, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Uh, what do you think is like the tipping point from a user experience point of view and like where is the the segregation of features too much because i feel with a lot of like big companies i feel this is a cycle that we go in circles in where let's take facebook we use facebook a lot just because they're so big and they touch you know on so many things but like you have facebook and then they added like messenger and then they added groups and all that and then decided oh no we're going to segregate and we're going to have an app for messaging we're going to have an app for groups we're going to have an app for whatever um and then they decide oh you know what no we're going to kill groups we're going to kill that we're going to bring a lot of stuff back like there's this cycle because like you said um by segregating this, you can you can save a user that doesn't care about, let's say, messaging on Facebook. So it doesn't have to deal with that, and it's not going to clutter the main app. Um, right. But then you have the other side of the coin, which is if you use all of that, it's kind of a pain in the ass to have to be switching contacts all the time. Uh, so like, there's this cycle. Um, I want to say, like, even even Instagram right now. Instagram, I've I've seen a lot of people in the you know design Twitter talking about the, the, about this. Like Instagram, uh, I felt I feel like they they survived so long without adding stuff to it. Like Instagram, mm. you know, even okay, today is maybe a different case, but for so long, Instagram, sure, they changed the design here and there, but you know what Instagram is and was it was pretty much the same if you gave the new version of instagram to a user like five years ago they will still get it right but now you know video is one thing and then stories is one thing and then they have like messaging inside instagram is another thing i feel like instagram is one of those apps as an example that is almost reaching that tipping point now mm-hmm. so i don't know i have no answer here i just want to yeah do you have any thoughts on this like what, what is that tipping point yeah, I think that tipping point is probably different for different people, right? Like, it's can like the variables are: can you easily ignore that extra those extra features if you don't want them? So, does it add? Does it take you more time to post your the same picture that you would have, um, or does it add steps for you as a user who just wants to do like the basic Instagram? Um, I feel like for messaging and stuff like that it's like easily ignorable so i'd say it probably works well enough and then um on on the other hand like before instagram added stories i felt like messages on instagram were sort of useless for me because it's like i'm just not gonna use that as a messaging app like that's sort of not gonna happen um but now with stories i'm actually messaging people a lot more than i used to um because i'm seeing a friend's story or something like that and i just want to comment on it um so now i think that 
it, that's actually part of the core Instagram experience for me. And like, if anything, I use that maybe more than browsing the feed <laughs> these days, which is kind of interesting. Um, but um, I, I think you're sort of like circling around something that is an interesting point, but that is like how like you go in it, it often happens that you go in cycles which is like you add a bunch of features and then you're like okay our foundation just doesn't work like our foundation is going to fall apart if we keep adding more stuff to this let's mm -hmm. go and work on our foundation before we can build more stuff onto it and that's where you just change how you're abstracting th things into your app right like you maybe you change the ia maybe you change the organization of, of how features are laid out and that allows for you to scale through more things um so for me i almost see it like as a i don't know i see it as kind of a development thing also um that i like visualize in my head like when you're writing code um like you can start at making changes here and there But then if you change a ton of stuff, you're going to see really quickly that your code just is not going to scale and that you made the wrong assumptions, <laughs> right? Started and, my life. Yeah, and I feel, and I feel like that it's the exact same thing in design, right? As you keep adding more stuff to like a, an interface that you created, you start realizing, oh, I made the assumption that you could only have, say, one Instagram user to be logged in at a time. Oh, I made an assumption that All my photos would be square. Oh, I made the assumption that people wouldn't be able to message each other. So, like, as you add up these assumptions that you didn't account for, sure, you can have, like, some workarounds. And at the beginning, it could be fine. But if you add all of these things, all these changes on top of another, you're like, well, okay, now we have to rethink the basis for this and create a new foundation that's going to support having like a messaging section and a like story section and a main timeline section so yeah i think it and i think you i don't want i don't think people should blame themselves for not having thought of everything because i like it happens that it's the other way around where it's like over optimizing for future scalability at the expense of what makes the most sense today And that's not great either, right? Like <laughs> yeah. having a thing where like as a user, you're kind of like, well, this is dumb. Like why do I have to go through all the steps just to do this thing? And behind the scenes, you know, oh, okay, it's because they know that in six months they're going to add this feature and in, in like 12 months they're going to add this other feature and then it's all going to make sense. But today's user doesn't care about that. <laughs> so maybe we cross that bridge once we're there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that sort of answer your question tricky. i feel like i'm just like talking I about guess. different things and not necessarily like <laughs> but i guess that's this episode that's it yeah, <laughs> what we're talking about probably around things but it is no it's 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 an interesting, like we're talking we don't have answers that's the point yeah. of this show uh, so today <laughs> uh what about netlify because i feel mm. like you're at a stage what where you're growing a lot um lots of things are changing you're dealing with users that are developers which might mm. be tricky in some ways um i like 
being sort of kind of a developer myself like i know we can be really picky about things um and so how does that work i'm still not designing for designers which i guess is good <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's the, worst. the worst yeah <laughs> um no i mean so far so good uh but again i know our roadmap right so i uh, just like you were you were talking about i know what's coming in six months and it's all part of like a bigger plan and you know i'm not talking just about netlify here but um and i say that's this just to save myself um, <laughs> <laughs> protect myself uh you know just like nowadays with the build fast and breaks things or whatever ship whatever the saying is there's this mentality which i subscribe to in where like if you have something that is an improvement over what you have now ship it you know keep mm-hmm. adding to it don't hold back on like but it has to be perfect or but it has to be bigger and it has to check <laughs> all the check boxes like once you you go over a tipping point and we're like all right this is positive this is an improvement it has usefulness to it right mm-hmm. ship it um which is great and uh like more and more companies nowadays you see them like subscribing to that mentality and doing that um like that even even like with with just how you buy and and ship software nowadays like even native apps you know sketch decided to ditch sketch four and whatever and just release this smaller increments but still positive and useful features um i feel like we as a industry are moving in that direction which is good but then you know you are shipping a lot of like mvps of a lot of stuff Mm. and things that you know that they're part of a bigger plan bigger feature bigger whatever um and so like you have to strike a new balance that you didn't have to before in the old mentality which is like this has to work now but it has to work in two weeks uh because we're going to add this one little thing and it has to work in uh, a month when we're going to add this big thing uh, you know what i mean like i've been i've been finding myself in a lot of situations in where like I I am designing this UI for this one specific feature, which is a big important thing that we're gonna that we're working on, and I designed that. And then I'm like, okay, but how, like, how can this look with three weeks of engineering? <laughs> All right, like strip stuff out. All right, great, that is great, it still works. Let's do it. But and how can this work with one week? Like, what can we ship next week? And then I strip stuff out. Right, and like it's. It's almost like designing backwards. Right. Right. You have the final (laughs) grand plan and then you design like the little stages up until it's like you're deconstructing. It's like the Benjamin button of UI. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Show title. Um, Yeah. But you know what? I, I bet you take a look at the end result and you're like, does this still make sense? Yes or no. And if it doesn't. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, right? Um, you can't, that's the one thing that you can't get away with it. You can't, and maybe it's coming out, it's coming out as, as that, but I want to like make this clear. You don't want to ship something that is broken because you know that it's going to be you know better in a week or two. That's not the point. The point is like it still has to work in itself right now, this bare bones stripped down version. Yeah. Uh, and it has to make sense to the user, but also you know, you know you're attaching stuff to it. You're adding stuff in a week or two or a month or whatever um it's this is new to me and it's an interesting challenge 
Uh, and the the advantages of this is that you know you're not gonna have to reinvent whatever or you're not going to be caught by surprise when the feature oh this worked pretty well now but now that we're yeah. adding this thing <laughs> it breaks everything and yeah. we're going to have to rethink the whole page so you avoid all that and that is great and i again this is uh, i feel like this is the new way of building and shipping software so i'm all for it uh but the bad thing the negative thing of this is that you are never um you are never shipping something that is super polished and well thought out and like quote unquote done right it's yeah. almost like beta <laughs> ever done, though. of what you want i i know um, but i saw i saw a tweet you know recently what I mean. that was like um well maybe i can find it um but <laughs> it was like uh like software is only done when nobody uses it all <laughs> right <laughs> like basically like it's you're if if someone's using it there's always going to be things to fix and make better uh, and also like just the state of things these days like if you're using an api or using like third-party things these things are just eventually going to break mm -hmm. um so yeah nothing's ever done really um and like it's it's a constant compromise right like you can't have everything that you want but you have to look at the stuff that you're adding and seeing okay does that make a better thing that than if we do not have that and knowing that like ideally you can be smart about like where you can build for the for the future where it doesn't impact your users um and in some cases you might know that a thing is going to happen in the future um and but like in the meantime the right decision to make is not to use that type of design and use something else and like be okay like i think we have to be okay with the fact that adding features is not just an ad uh, an addition and that it's at for every single feature that you add you should reconsider the other elements you have on your page and see okay if i add this feature does it still make sense to have these three other buttons here or should they now move somewhere else for it to make more sense as a whole because honestly like that's that's kind of what i'm coming down to is sure like let's try to be as smart as possible and plan things ahead of time and try to know where we're going but things are moving so fast and things are changing. And honestly, the cost of change in the world of technology is fairly low. Like if you're making a web app or even if you're making iOS code, like the cost of changing your mind is not that high. But of design and engineering, sure. But sometimes the cost nowadays from like your users you know reception that could be high well yeah so that but that's why you always um you always favor giving the users a good experience today rather than because it's like the way that i see it is like the choice between giving the user the best experience they could today um but that means that we might have to change some certain things later or giving them 
a subpar experience today, but we don't have to change anything when we add this new feature. They're both super valid. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> like you both of them have trade-offs. Um, yeah. But what I'm saying is I'd rather compromise on the work we have to do as a team than compromise on our users. See, but but sometimes that change down the line is a compromise on the users because you're asking a lot of your users. Like now the way you operate this, this product uh, changed because it worked great back in the day when we had two features, but now we have five. Yeah. We had to rethink the other two, you know, like, and that is change for your users and the experience as well. Yeah. And you know how users like change, right? Change is a really interesting topic. Um, I mean, we probably have time to get into it today. So, um, like, <laughs> what what is better for your users? You shipping a bunch of changes as they're ready uh, and basically having a product that is different every week or, like, let's take it to the extreme, like, that's different every day, that has something new, <laughs> um, or batch a lot of changes together and make one big change and you drop that onto people and it's like, yeah, like, 100% of everything is different. You'll have to learn this again. But once you do learn it, then it won't change in a year. So basically, like, see this as the iOS model, where it's basically like, okay, here's a new version of iOS. Like, it is what it is. It's not really going to change much for a year. And then see you next year when there's other going to be other major changes versus adding every single feature and change over time. What do you think is best? Best for whom? For the user? For the company? For user. We're designers. We care about users first. I'm going to say um, smaller increment. Because no users, like, except us designers and nerds, uh, I never heard any user saying, oh my God, everything is different. Yeah, so cool. You know? <laughs> like, when there's change, um, <laughs> yeah. there's always like, complaints and and concerns and people are afraid of change and so you know with ios 7 when you literally like once you hit the install button your phone was like 100 percent different <laughs> everything looked different that freaked a lot of people out um Myself and like included. conversion kind of like dropped a little bit um but also like a redesign of that scale it would be really hard to pull off in incremental changes mm -hmm. as well so it's like it depends on the scale of the change that you want to mm -hmm. <laughs> right like uh, a redesign is that thing you can't well it's not that you can't but it, it's harder it, it can get messy if you try to roll out a, a redesign like over time mm -hmm. um so i would say yeah incremental changes are best are better for the user and, and take like i feel like the most common widespread uh piece of software that has like this incremental change over time is probably Chrome. Like Chrome probably has a new update every week, but users don't know. Mm. And every once in a while, something is noticeably different. Um, but most of the times, it's very small things and you don't notice. But over time, you as a user are using a way better product than you were like a year ago. Um, that is perfect. Like users get the benefits of the new changes and improvements but you don't get the backlash and the frustration of having to relearn your tool. Same thing with Facebook. I mean, Facebook is a website. Uh, I mean, that's how pretty much all websites operate nowadays, right? 
So yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's that's the way we're going for now. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think that's the best way to go about doing things. <laughs> I think it's better to like spend, I don't know, spend five minutes a week learning the new interface um, than waiting an entire year <laughs> and then spending five hours uh, in one yeah. shot. But don't get me wrong. Like, everything again. Um, me and I assume it's the same for you. Uh, like when there's a, when there's like a new iOS version or whatever, like a big change. Yeah, you have this like three page long of a change log. I love that. Like yeah. I nerd out. Yeah. I that's Christmas yeah, that, to me. That's yeah, exciting. I find all the changes. Like it's so cool. That's exciting. But, but also uh, like when we're doing that kind of comparison of is it better all changes at once or changes over time? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that that comparison is sort of ignoring is how good your changes are. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Right. No, but that's true, right? Well, like, because it's assuming mm-hmm. that they're equivalent, but they're not. Like, in theory, the changes you're shipping are better. And um, I think it was, I think it was Brad Frost who gave uh, this example. But basically, like, see your users as they're on like an escalator, and they're going up, right? Like, they're going somewhere we don't know where, <laughs> but they're just going up. They're on the escalator, okay? Um, and then that escalator goes at a certain speed. When you're introducing new changes, you're basically taking that user and then you're putting them on a different escalator. You're putting them at the bottom of the escalator. And But the thing is, that escalator goes faster than the other one. Mm. And <laughs> so the question is, like, if you can make your new escalator be as fast as possible, well, they might reach the top before the other one, even though they had that like setback of being placed back to the to the beginning. Um, so, anyways, that that's kind of like a <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> over the top analogy to to say that like you should be conscious of the fact that just adding a new a new thing like requires effort in your users to be able to learn mm-hmm. and like. On the short term, they're gonna lo- they might lose productivity, um, and that's to be expected. And so, like we have to be conscious of that when we're rolling something out. But also, we should make sure that the stuff that we ship is a really great improvement over what like was there before, and that that's gonna more and and trust that that's gonna more than make up the sort of learning period over time. That like we're giving you a better tool that's going to allow you to do more things I think that's a good way to end it cool Recommendations. Choo-choo-choo. Choo-choo-choo. Recommendations. Uh, <laughs> this recommendation is not a new thing, but uh, I feel like it's at the point in where did I... you see Lost again? <laughs> no, but Survivor. Uh, that I've been watching <laughs> a lot of Survivor. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it, it is a game. Um, this game is a Star Wars Battlefront 2. Kevin, do you know anything about this game? Like, I, I want to... Yeah. Okay, so everything I know about this game is what you told me on an episode like a while ago. Oh, I did tell you? Okay. God damn it. Okay. But it was a I, long I time ago. If, I wanted to know if this, like, the the, the controversy around it, if it had reached non-gamers. No, um, I have heard nothing about it. Do you want me to, to tell you? Sure. <laughs> the controversy? Um, actually, this maybe is a good design lesson for when a company goes too far uh, and too greedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Star Wars Battlefront, um, like, Battlefront is a franchise... It's a, like a very popular multiplayer um, shooter in the Star Wars universe. Um, it's like back in the PS2 days. Um, and then recently, well, in 2015, when Disney bought uh, Star Wars and like Star Wars was a new thing, um, they decided to reboot this this franchise. And so EA Games has the exclusive rights of Star Wars in the video game section. So EA Games is the official exclusive uh, distributor um, and so with Battlefront uh, 1 that came out in 2015 with um, The Force Awakens like the, it was a great game I had a lot of fun it was, it's like it looks amazing it's very mm. much like a very true Star Wars experience so if you're a Star Wars fan you know this this is amazing uh, but the first game uh, suffered a little bit from like lack of content it was weird it had like four maps and to, it was like a very s- short, small game. It, it it was obvious that you know they had a tight schedule. They want to hit um, the release of the Force Awakens to go on that Star Wars bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, over time, like they charge you for DLC, uh, which is a very you know common practice in the video game industry. Like they charge you for extra content, and then mm-hmm. that's what you're gonna do. Um, which you know, it's not great because you paid the full price of a game, and then you just keep buying more stuff. Right. Um, anyway, with Star Wars Battlefront Two, uh, it was announced like a year ago or whatever. Fans were like, "Just make this better." Like we kind of want the same game with more stuff. That's pretty much it because we liked the first game. Um, and EA Games was like, "I got you covered, bro." And <laughs> it was like, "All right, they have a lot of new maps and have." you know heroes from all of the eras of star wars like a lot of content and dlcs are going to be free forever um and that is amazing right that's all like good stuff Mm -hmm. but then when they when the game came out basically had a very aggressive almost like pay to win um component to it like you had to pay like small in-app purchases to get crates with it's like loot boxes that you can upgrade your character is all random so mm. there's no like clear progression it's very weird and it was received with a ton of uh of feedback like negativity on the press and all uh up to a point in where in the first week ea like shut down all the in-app purchases so you can't actually pay in game um and they're like okay we're gonna figure this out and like disney um was almost ready to pull out from the from their contracts to you know remove Whoa. Like it was because, like in some countries, this game was considered like gambling, so it had to go through all the gambling rules because you had to pay for. It. Anyway, wow. this was like a big thing in the gaming industry, in where EA, which is a terrible company, and they try to like squeeze all the money they can from you. Um, like EA Games just went too far; they were too greedy. And like, you want to pay, want to progress and get upgrades? Pay us, um, like ninety nine cents at a time. 
and that was ridiculous. Yeah, so, also, so on that's top your of recommendation. The... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's why this I didn't recommend this sooner because I was like, I don't know if this game is good. Right. I'm gonna buy it either way because it's Star Wars and I like the first one. Let's just see how this goes. So far, they still haven't turned on, turned back on the the, the payment, so you can you still can't pay for anything. Um, the progression system is crap, <laughs> but <laughs> this is a very fun game. And the way I, the reason why I'm recommending it just now is because I've been playing it since it came out in November. Um, I have been getting more and more into it, and it's still going strong. And there's still updates and stuff coming out. Um, so it's like I, I just wanted to wait if this game turned to crap real quick or if it could survive. And so far it's been great. And I want to recommend it, not just because I feel like everyone should. Like if you heard about this game and you're like, this game is terrible, um, it kind of is, but it's also super fun. So <laughs> if you're into Star Wars, and if you're like just, like, just to tell you, this is the only game, the only multiplayer game that I play. I've been, I told this before, I'm not into multiplayer games. I'm more into like single player uh, experiences and stuff. This game is a lot of fun. So I want to just um, give a shout out to the game and um, and ask the audience, like if anyone is playing on the PS4 and if anyone wants to play with me, we could get a layout thing going on on Battlefront. Um, so just, you know, just tweet at me or whatever. Um, that's it. Sorry, I went on a... Oh, no. no that's good. Long one. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so my recommendation this week is a new TV show that I started watching on Netflix. I had literally not heard anything about the show before. Um, and you know how uh, when you're on Netflix and you kind of like pause on a show, it just like starts playing the the trailer in the background? Do you like that feature, by the way? I kind of hate it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, me too. <laughs> It's, it's like, like, hey, if you wait three seconds, you're gonna get spoiled. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like kind of a terrible feature on many angles, um, mm-hmm. except in this case. Um, so <laughs> I started playing the trail, the, the trailer for for this show. Um, uh, the show's called The End of the F-ing World. Um, I don't know. Do we have to bleep that? <laughs> I have. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure to say it a lot of times. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Pain in the beep. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I just like, I was just like paused on that kind of thumbnail. Uh, so it started playing, and honestly, like, I was immediately hooked by the trailer for this just show. from the trailer, just wow. from the trailer, yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, that if you watch the trailer, the, tra- the trailer is basically like the first two minutes of the show. <laughs> it's, I don't even know how to explain this. Like, I, and I don't know how spoilery this is. Um, I think like, it's probably fair. Cause it's like in right in the first episode. Um, but basically like it's two teenagers. Um, the boy is kind of a weird guy. <laughs> uh, he says right off the bat that, um, he like, doesn't really feel anything. Uh, and he, um, thinks he's like a serial killer um (laughs) so he like growing up he killed a lot of animals and stuff just in general (laughs) around the house um and (laughs) he thinks he's ready to uh kill his first human um and 
<laughs> so he, he meets this uh, new girl in school, uh, which is like her second teenager that we're following here. Um, and she's also kind of weird. Um, she's like very rude and doesn't respect anyone. Um, <laughs> and so they start dating each other. And she kind of likes him somehow. Uh, but the th- what she doesn't know is... He just cares about her because he wants to kill her. Um, <laughs> and so it's this like very dark, weird comedy. Uh, the episodes are about 20 minutes. Um, it's like the dialogue is su- surprisingly really good. Um, it's made in the UK. So everyone has like this British accent. Um, but honestly, like... <laughs> Like, you should watch the first episode and, like... Okay, I think I will. I think you're not going to be able to stop. Like, it's, okay, it's just, cool. like, a, an incredibly bingeable show. Um, so it's really good. This is great. Uh, it's very timely because I've been uh, looking for more stuff to watch. I try watching the, um, the Punisher on Marvel as well. Yeah. Uh, but it, on Marvel, I mean, on Netflix. You're not a Marvel guy. I nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard it's good. By the way, but... Okay, no, never mind. No, I'm going to... Not gonna go there, uh, so yeah, I'll give it a shot because I I have to stop watching Survivor. <sighs> That's the problem with uh, this show; it has like thirty six seasons. Oh so, God, you know, this show has just... like eight episodes, and they're all twenty minutes, so <laughs> can get through it really fast. <laughs> Perfect. Um. So yeah, that's it. That's my recommendation for this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Is that it? Is that your outro? Yeah. TLDR no. version? Because Rafa usually <laughs> does the, the outro. I See, let, let me try to do this. Okay. So, okay. Okay. You can try it. Um, so you can continue the discussion over at spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout. Um, and that's where you can suggest new topics, add questions. Uh, Rafa is adding something in the notes. <laughs> Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at LayoutFM uh, if you want to like message us something there or follow us or anything like that. Uh, please just go right in there. Um, Rafa is at Rafa Hari on Twitter uh, and I'm Vernal Kick on Twitter. Um, you can find the show notes at layout.fm, uh, of course. Um, and this show is part of the Spec FM network. So if you're looking for more, more shows to listen, uh, give them a try at spec.fm. And last but not least, uh, we have some shout outs to give uh, this week. So I want to give a shout out to Sarah Roser, uh, Kyle Mitchell, um, Chevy again for um, <laughs> giving us his uh, uh, recommendations of the year on Spectrum. So we'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, Peppermint Roses uh, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> So I'm just going with the Twitter name here. So, <laughs> hey, what do you want? Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. I mean, we won't really actually see you, but you'll hear us or whatever. <laughs> did I do a good job? Is that fine? Yeah, you did a great job, buddy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> that totally sounded like, well... There's a bunch of stuff that you did wrong, but whatever. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was fine. It was I perfect. You nailed it. So yeah, the the outro is gonna be better next time. Rafa's gonna. <laughs>
So Chevy picked best movie, Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name. Sorry, best movies, I guess. Um, Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, Mother, and Wonder. And out of all of these, I've just seen Mother, and we talked about I've it. only seen Dunkirk and Mother. What do you What do you think about Dunkirk? Because it's out on iTunes now, and mm-hmm. you know, I remember when it came out, it was like, oh, but you have to watch it on the cinema because otherwise the sound experience uh so i'm like <laughs> now that it's on itunes i'm like is well, it worth well, it well don't you have like your fancy speakers now hooked <laughs> up to your tv no i have the that sound bar the crappy one. Oh yeah you have the crappy no. oh true i mean um, well um you obviously have to buy a new uh sound bar <laughs> to watch this movie if you want to take uh, a but, full uh, uh, advantage <laughs> If you want to experience the full, uh, anyway, but um, so do you recommend Dunkirk? So, y- yes, like it, it was no. an enjoyable movie. Um, <laughs> I did think it was a little God. light on uh, story and dialogue for my taste. Um, but it's, I mean, I think it's something you just have to expect, like going into this movie. Um, it's like beautifully shot. It's like the um, i was gonna say soundtrack but the sort of the score is really the sound design yeah sound design there you go is really well done um so there's a lot of things to like about this personally i didn't come out of this being like holy crap this was awesome um but it was like a good movie and i was happy watching it Okay, yeah, that's that's the reaction I get from people who have watched it. And I ask this question, I can never get like a like it's a good movie. Watch it. No, it's always uh, mm, uh, mm, yeah, but, you know. Um, so and it's like it's Christopher Nolan. It's like yeah, my favorite director. It's like one of these where I feel like it's good because it's well made, but it's not necessarily a movie that okay. I enjoyed watching that okay. much. Like I wouldn't rewatch it. It's like an amazing, you know, uh, chicken breast with broccoli. It's like, it's cooked perfectly. It's the best it can be. But, you know, it's still chicken broccoli. Maybe. That is a terrible analogy. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Chevy came out with best TV shows. He said Wormwood. Warm, Wormwood? Okay. I've Dark. Big Little Lies. Mindhunter. And Sensei. Season 2. Um, out of these, uh, you know, we picked Big Little Lies. I, I feel like we mentioned Mindhunter. I've also seen that. Yep. And Sense8, I totally forgot about that one. I loved it. Mm. Sense8, this season was amazing. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And it was canceled. And it's like, I, I feel like it's the first time I get heartbroken by a uh, <laughs> series being canceled. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, why did I never start Sense8? I was like, oh, yeah, true. It <laughs> got canceled. God damn it. So much potential. Now I feel um, like I shouldn't get invested into it, you know, because there's only two seasons. Yeah, uh, and and a Christmas special. Uh, yeah, Christmas special. Anyway, uh, warm wood, warm wood. I've never, never heard, heard of it. this before. Dark. I've I've heard about dark, warm but I haven't wood. seen it yet. It's on. Us oh yeah, Friday. the thing with with dark is that it's not. Um, it's it's like dubbed. Oh, is that is that the somewhere. German horror show? Yeah, I don't know if it's actually from, <gasps> from Germany, but it's from somewhere else. And honestly, like the dubbing is so bad. It's it's terrible. Um, Wait, it's so dubbed or just, I just like had a hard time going and watching it. I'm sure like if you, you get into it, it's good. But I just okay, start. this has been in our list here at my household. We haven't started watching it because it feels like it's a big commitment. Like once I I need to get some time to watch this. But 
I I'm sure you can get a subtitle version with the original audio. You don't have to be yeah, dubbed. It sounds terrible. You can, but what are you one of those? Yeah, are you one of the, those people that can't watch a subtitle movie? I hate watching subtitled movies. No, I just like all I focus on are reading the actual words. It feels like I'm reading a book, not watching a movie or a TV show in this case. So. You yeah. guys. Oh my god. No, dude. That's, that's like fine. That's... I'll probably get to it at some point. I'll just watch everything else before. <laughs> fine. Anyway, so that's Chevy's uh first pick actually. He said that if I had to pick one, I'd pick that one. Fair uh what else? Uh, best album, Paramore. It was a good album, I liked it. Uh, best app, Telegram. Don't know of it. Uh do you know Telegram? Mm, Telegram. Is that the super secret messaging app? Oh, is that the super secret messaging? messaging no, it's not that secret. But it's like uh, it has more privacy. Somehow. Oh, right, 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 right. Into end encryption and all that. I remember this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never tried it. Uh, I, favorite purchase: uh, Sony A six thousand. I thought it was A six hundred. I don't know. Maybe it's a typo. Maybe there's a new mm, model. That I, don't know. I don't know. They have a lot of models, so. Right. Maybe it's like Canon in where they add a zero for like the medium yeah, range. The camera know? is a good purchase. Um, it is. Um, congratulations on purchase, Chevy. <laughs> uh, favorite achievement. I love how we have like this pri- private one-sided conversation with Chevy at the end of the episode. Yeah, well, it's not one-sided. <laughs> he, he gets back to us. So, so, uh, so favorite Chevy, achievement. Chevy, he graduated. I, I feel like we've we've built up enough of like a uh, relationship. Um, so <laughs> let's let's do this. Um, Please, We're ready. Please, after you hear this, record your own your own one sided conversation. <laughs> we'll, and I'll add we'll it send this each together. other like audio files <laughs> each week. Oh my god! I'm probably gonna cut this out. I don't know. I'm still not sure. Uh, I think it's funny. I like it. Right, let's keep going. Our upside down. Um. Hey, Chevy graduated. Uh, and uh, took two trips. Congratulations! That's nice. awesome. Uh, I never did graduate uh, from my uh, bachelor. So. Me either. <laughs> You're I way dropped out before even already. starting university. So there you go. What I dropped that? out way too late into university. <laughs> <laughs> should have should have decided on that sooner. Uh, anyway, uh, worst experience: anxiety. I feel you. I really feel you. Uh, I don't know exactly what details, but hey, um, everyone does. So yep. don't feel alone. Um, cool. Oh man, I hate that we ended on the. On a downer. Wait, what was his um, best experience? He graduated and oh, he took true, two okay. trips. Fair uh, those are good. Uh, okay. And uh, I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Do you? Nope. Nothing happens nope. in January. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Slow month. So, yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye.